0: Hello, Nathan Foster here, and welcome once again to the Renovari Weekly Podcast. You may remember an interview I did a while back with my Australian friend, Andrew Renucci, And after spending some time in Australia with Andrew, I thought it'd be fun to sit down and chat again about some of the work that he's doing there. And what they have, uh, as a community, have been able to do in terms of integrating spiritual formation into their church life Man, it just really felt like something, something special. And you might hang towards the end of this podcast where we touch on the three great divinas that you've probably uh, never heard of. Thanks for listening and enjoy. Good eye, might <laughs> Did I did I get it?
1: <laughs> um, what language was that? In?
0: <laughs> did that did it sound right? <laughs> Good eye, might. No, How hey you going? I lost it.
1: No, you did. You did well. Look, you did for for a, for a North American. It was a pretty good play,
0: <laughs> Well, I practiced so much when I was there. You know, and, and, and uh, I'm afraid it's gone, man.
1: <laughs> I think the more you play a didgeridoo, the more you'll be able to get that good, day, mate?
0: That's right. It'll just kind of seep into me. The, you, <laughs> you know, one of the things I really liked is the um, good on you, good on you,
1: mate. That's, good on you, good on you, mate.
0: Yeah, I love that. Um,
1: it's like our standard encouragement.
0: It's just a beautiful. it's like a blessing, isn't it? I mean, it you is. don't think of it like that, I guess. But.
1: Well, we, we sort of do. Like, it is a way of affirming someone.
0: Yeah. Good on you,
1: mate. You've done a good job.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I but like I've it. I've never thought about it in the way that you have, because it's just a part of our vernacular.
0: Yeah, you know? yeah. Well, there's, but. there's something about that, like, hey, I see good on you. Or, you know, there's good on you. I, I, it's just something I really...
1: Australia is a very, you know, spiritual formation sort of centered country. And,
0: uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh, I started laughing. Yes, Andrew, it is. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's,
0: it's what happens to penal colonies when they grow up.
1: It is, just like Georgia. <laughs>
0: <laughs> hey, it was it was really cool to get to... Um, I mean, you, you know, we talked, we did the podcast before, talked a little bit about uh, your, your context, your church and such, and then to get to be there and be with the people, um, it was really helpful for me to get a sense of some of the work that you and your leadership team have been, have been doing. Um, so I had maybe a couple of questions on that. Is that okay? Sure. Yeah. You shared with us before about the retreats that happen. And, and I think you said there are six a year for men and six a year for women. Is that Right. Yeah. And every year these are running for so every other That's month? That's
1: right. That's right. That's right. I mean, they they are sequential. So we have developed um, – we're releasing our sixth one this year. Um, so at the moment we have five retreats that we offer, but we generally run a couple of the introductory retreats, which are on solitude and silence. And those introductory retreats set up the rhythm of – of the way that that all the retreats run. Mm -hmm. So we normally try and run at least one or two for men and one or two for women um, each year. Mm -hmm. And then the other retreats are also run through the year. And generally once people start experiencing a retreat, um, they want to continue that process because they realise how different it is to attending a small group, Mm -hmm. attending a church service, Um, having a mentor, which are all part of our strategies for discipleship. Um, Another one of our strategies is a three-day retreat. And we just say try and make it a part of, you know, an annual pilgrimage is have a three-day retreat Mm -hmm. alongside, you know, attending a small group, having a spiritual director or a mentor, uh, attending church services, serving somewhere in the life of the church or or outside the church Mm -hmm. wherever God hasn't served. Um, And, and I think over the last eight years, as we've unfolded these retreats, a lot of our congregation has have realised just how beneficial they are mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to actually have a have a weekend away where it's not just about the spiritual experience of of going on a retreat, although that's wonderful. It's really a lab for for life back home. Mm-hmm. So it's three days where. Um, People are learning about a spiritual discipline. They're having an opportunity to experiment with it, mm-hmm. practice it, mm-hmm. so that they can come back, come back into their normal life and integrate it into their, into their rule of life, integrate it into their, their, their weekly or daily rhythms. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's where I see the great benefit. Rather than you know preaching, you teach about solitude. And then people just r- rush into the boy, get their coffee, you rush home. And they don't, they don't really have an opportunity to experience it and experiment with it. But when you can teach, you know, for an hour in solitude and then say, okay, go off for three hours and experience mm-hmm. it, mm-hmm. and then just reflect mm-hmm. on the experience. I mean, yeah. for me, that's much a much more powerful way of, of teaching yeah. about the disciplines. Well,
0: one of the things in in the States, when we say a, a, a church retreat, we usually mean a conference in the woods. Um, where, you know, you'll go out in the woods somewhere and it's just, you know, we just pack it full of things, um, right. even though they're good, you know, good things. But in 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 talking to you a little bit, the structure you've set up for these retreats seems really significant. And so I want to ask you about that. But but first, sure. what I've observed in being there with you guys is a retreat culture, that this is so much a part of your congregation and that I'd hear people um, just make reference to the retreats that they've been on or things they were learning and working on, but it seems so integrated into who you are as a community. Uh, is, that, is that accurate to say?
1: Yeah, I, I think it's probably what we're known as um, more than other things uh, as a church. Uh, I mean, like any church, we do lots of things and lots of areas of ministry, but mm-hmm. probably what makes us unique is, um, is our emphasis and focus on retreats as a form of our discipleship.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, yeah, I think we're probably fairly unique there in Australia, maybe not in other places around the world, but but certainly there aren't too many Protestant churches mm-hmm. that focus on spiritual retreats. Certainly the, the Catholics have focused on retreats for, for a long time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but not so much the Protestants. As you say, True. church church camps are these, you know, weekends away where you have guest speakers and bands, and it's it's really like church for a weekend, where our retreats uh, are kept small, no more than 12 people. So they're intimate. Uh, it's a much slower pace. It's um, it's always three days. So people have to take a day off work, uh, usually a Friday off work, which, again, mm-hmm. makes it even more intentional. Mm-hmm. People really have to make a decision about setting aside these three days Um, and then the rhythm of the retreat gives um, the retreatants, you know, two to three hours in the morning and the afternoon where they get to experience solitude and silence and they can practice the various disciplines that we um, teach about. Mm -hmm. And hopefully they really come back having had a significant amount of time Seeking God
0: mm-hmm.
1: and enjoying his presence um, and drawing drawing close to him and growing in intimacy and all the things that our soul yearns for, but uh, we're fairly really bad at setting aside that time <laughs> in our regular daily lives that we're all so busy mm-hmm.
0: what what struck me was uh, two things in it one is the simplicity of the schedule um, and then two that you as the leader, you, I mean, you mentioned to me before when we talked before that you actually retreat when you're leading these retreats. And then as I heard more about it, uh, I think, I mean, that's pretty accurate. These are really retreats for you. Um, yeah. Which is, yeah. you know, kind of unusual in a way you think about leading. But could you give us just real briefly this rundown of the structure? Cause I think people that, you know, think about leading these things get maybe a little overwhelmed with all the things you have to pack in. But intentionally, you've kept these very, very light. So what's the yes. breakdown?
1: Each morning there's a set lexio um, that we do mm-hmm. um, passages that relate to the, the the theme that we're discussing or the spiritual discipline that we're exploring that retreat. Um, so we start the morning with uh, everyone individually doing their own lexio. Um, often they'll you know we'll wake up at six thirty seven and we'll just I'll just when I wake up I'll, I'll walk out into the into the into the paddock and there'll be people just sitting in different spots around. Around the property, just spending time with God as the sun rises, it's just a beautiful time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we'll, and then we'll up that. We'll have breakfast together, and then we'll sit around in a circle and we'll share our Alexios with each other. Mm-hmm. What's What's God spoken to us about this morning as the sun has risen? You know, as we spend time on this passage, and sometimes that can go for like an hour, and there's mm-hmm. tears and there's um, powerful moments of revelation. Um, as we all celebrate one another's story and how God has spoken to each one of us personally and individually. Um, it's interesting that that's probably the simplest part of the retreat. <laughs> Yet, Often by the end, when we reflect back over the three days, um, it's, it's often the times that have been most profound. Mm. So starting the day that way is wonderful.
0: To um, each, each of the three days they're started that way. Each of
1: the three days we start that way. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then once that's finished, um, we then, move into uh, teaching time. So we have a bit of a break, then we'll move into it. We try and sit outdoors under under a shady tree or somewhere out, outside of the retreat house mm-hmm. so we can be in nature, surrounded by nature. Mm-hmm. And we have around an hour where I'll do a teaching session, but it's very much um, um, group learning. So we'll sit in a circle and we'll look at different scriptures and different uh, Quotes from authors over the last two thousand years. who have spoken into, you know, um, that particular aspect of the discipline that we're exploring, and so everyone's involved in in reading the material out loud and sharing their ideas and thoughts and questions. And we and we we wrestle with with it as a as a as a group. Mm-hmm. Um, and we it, there's so much co-learning. You know, I'm not the expert. I'm, I just I'm just a facilitator. I just bring some thoughts, um, some scriptures, and then together we work with them, mm-hmm. and and we see uh, we see all of us growing uh, from each other because mm-hmm. everyone has something to, mm-hmm. to bring. Um, and then we'll just break until lunch, so it'll be often there'll be at least at least a good two hours to two and a half hours where people can just go off on their own, and they'll often have a chair and they and their Um, their backpack, water bottle, their journal and Bible and notes. Mm -hmm. um, And off they go and they'll spend that time alone with God. And then we meet again for lunch. Mm -hmm. We draw back together at lunchtime. Um, Mostly they get back on time. Others uh, completely lose any sense of time, (laughs) (laughs) which is is fine. (laughs) Um, And then the afternoon is the same rhythm again. After lunch, we'll have another hour where we'll explore another element of that spiritual discipline as a group. Um, and then we'll say, go for it, off, off again on yeah. your own. So they'll they'll disappear till around five o'clock, um, and so another another good block of time where people can go and retreat. And look, for, for some for some men that because I generally run the men's retreats, um, they'll go and have a sleep for two mm-hmm. or three hours because that's what they need the first day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, um, others others will go for a really nice hike through the forest because they just want to gets you know, get moving and get the to do some exercise in, in just moving through the. And then by the third day, they're just completely, um, you know, just sitting in the one spot mm-hmm. <laughs> for, the, for the two or three hours. Yeah, so uh, I, I don't I don't try and put too many restrictions on that time, but just it's an opportunity for you and God just to have time together,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, and 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 to process what you've been thinking about and learning, um, and open yourself up to. How God might speak to you during this time. So we we do teaching on how you know the, the noticing the uh, noticing God's voice, you know, the weight of God's voice, and mm-hmm. how God speaks to us in nature, and uh, as well as through scripture. And, and so um, by the end of the day, we'll we'll come back together and have dinner, and then after dinner, uh, we'll um, go to a bonfire. So we set up a big bonfire. Um, and we at at a certain spot, just uh, at the retreat place where we go to. And uh, the evening is really uh, sitting around the campfire, reflecting on the day, Mm -hmm. reflecting on our experiences, um, how God has spoken to us in different ways, revelations that we've had, things we've noticed about the practice that we've been learning. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just a great debrief time of just reflecting over the day and then we pray for one another in mm-hmm. different ways. Mm-hmm. So that's generally the rhythm of a day. Go to bed
0: and start again.
1: That's it. <laughs> <laughs> go to bed smelling rather smoky, which is I always love about the treats.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the smoky. Well, and, and the, the one detail that I found very interesting is is that when the guys go off, they have to carry a hand radio with them.
1: Yes. Oh, that's right. Like, yeah, because we go to this uh, property that's like 30,000 acres. And it's the only, it's the old, an old farmhouse in the middle of this enormous property. And it's all just wilderness. That's and crazy. as you know, Nate from Australia, there's lots of uh, a- animals that like to kill us in Australia. <laughs>
0: <So>. <laughs> and, and you, you said if they take it, if they get bit by a snake, so that you can have the helicopter come get them.
1: That's it. That's it. So everyone has a two-way radio when they go walking. <laughs> well, I mean, there are lots of poisonous spiders and snakes. Um, we don't have the wild bears, uh, and we don't have too many uh, crocodiles where we are. Um, but but also, someone might be you know climbing a ridge and they might fall over and hurt themselves. Oh, that's true. It's, yeah. And we would never find them because it's just such an um, such an expansive area where people can go. So. Um, <laughs> a couple of times we had to go looking for people. They haven't been in trouble. They've just been lost with God. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> One of the things that struck me is if as people are often looking to say, how can we integrate spiritual formation into the congregation or the life of a congregation? And I thought this is just a really simple but profound um, practice that leaders can do. And, and I'll just say, you know, spending time with you with you guys there. Your church, is people are just so open. And all the, the sessions that we did, I just felt like people were um, so receptive. And it, it, it's a oh, it was a beautiful place.
1: Oh, thank you. Yes. Uh, it's, it's a real joy to be a, a part of this community because, um, as you say, I, even I as a pastor, I sense there's a real desire there from people in the congregation to really be on a very authentic journey uh, with God um, and pursuing that very, very genuinely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess that's, that's a part of who we are as a church. Um, but, you know, we all have our struggles as well, but it's even in the struggle that where we you know, look for what God might be teaching us and growing us. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think what the retreats have really helped if other pastors are thinking about going down this way is I think it's really helped with mutual ministry. Mm. Um, on our retreats, uh, in the evenings, we will get around and we'll, book, we'll pray for each person, and you know the guys will open up um, quite significantly and quite authentically with each other, mm-hmm. um, very vulnerably,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, which is just a, a beautiful privilege. Mm-hmm. And what I find is when we get back to normal normal life and normal Sundays in our services. There'll often be groups of, you know, men or women in corners of the church afterwards praying for each other. And it's, I look at them and I think, I wonder how those guys would know each other. And then I think, oh, that's right. They were on retreat together. Oh, that's right. That guy, I remember him sharing about having to go for a, a medical test. Mm. Um, maybe he's got the result back and maybe he's sharing with those guys and there they are in the corner praying together. Wow. Um, so there's this mutual ministry that tends to extend beyond the retreat into into Sunday life, you know, mm. and into everyday life mm-hmm. because for at least the guys, they've opened up with one another in a in a deeper way than they would have maybe even maybe even more than in a small group because mm. you've got this intense three days together where uh, people are really opening up their lives um, in such authentic ways, and so and people are learning how to pray for one another mm. uh, in a deeper way and caring for one another, and so I find there's a lot more mutual ministry that occurs that spills over into our Sundays, mm. and mm. I think. Um, my guess is that the retreats have really played a big part of that. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. I bet. I bet. That's so good. Hey, you had a couple of questions for me about our time together. Do you want? Should we go there?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, we really loved having you in our church for for that week, and especially the conference sessions were just um, very very profound for our church. And mm. there are a number of things that you that you said. Um, Along the along the journey of the, the conference, that I thought really helped us, and I thought you know I'd love to explore them a little further. Um, sure. well, one of the things that yeah that was my takeaways, I think it was from the first day, was the greatest gift that we have to give is our time and attention. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that really resonated with me, um, the sense that we start by giving that time and attention to God, mm-hmm. um, and then. From that relationship, we give our time and attention to others.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Is that something that's come out of your own life? Is that something that you've come to uh, recently?
0: It may have been from the, these guys called the minimalist that work on simplicity from a secular standpoint. Um, but I did it in, in my first book, Wisdom Chaser, I did a chapter on time. And it was really interesting to just play with that idea of time and that the way we show love is through time and spending our time. But then attention, you know, it's possible to give time and not attention, which, you know, is kind of pointless in a way. But to focus our attention and our time, that that's the most valuable thing we have to give. Um, I don't know where that came from, but it feels helpful to me. Um, and no, it doesn't come naturally at all.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's almost the foundation for all of the spiritual disciplines. Like, I'm trying to think of if there are any spiritual disciplines mm. that wouldn't include time mm. and attention.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a great question. Certainly, so, I mean, some practices that we've spent, you know, many months or years practicing, they become... Natural and intuitive, and they happen without even our awareness. But certainly, when we're engaging in any new practice, um, yeah, I think I think time and attention—that's our gift. That's what we bring to the altar um, before God, and then and then, like you said, uh, with with our neighbor.
1: But the disciplines are almost ways of helping us give God our time and attention.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, we could probably conceptualize the, the spiritual spiritual practices as. Just different ways we give our time and attention. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: I, because I think thinking about our retreats, it's, it's, it's really setting aside those three days to give, to give God our time and attention. Mm-hmm. And we're learning different ways that we can do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but then also giving each other time and attention. Mm-hmm. Uh, to, give our, you know, to give a dozen brothers our time and attention for three days is quite a big gift.
0: It's so simple so in it, a way, isn't it? But yet
1: it is uh,
0: very profound.
1: And also, one thing that you mentioned, I don't don't know where you um, stole this one from because I think you added to it.
0: (laughs) I I, I love that you just assume I stole it. So, thank you, Andrew. Uh, Only
1: because I think you mentioned that you had. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) God wishes to be seen, sought, enjoyed, expected, and trusted. Uh, I think you added trusted. Was that right? uh,
0: No, mine was the enjoyed. That's the...
1: Ah, so, yours is the yeah, <laughs> this is
0: this is Lady Julian uh, of Norwich. So you did steal it? I did. Okay. Yeah, I did. I nicked it from her. Yeah, But I added, so she, yeah, she said that God uh, wishes to be, uh, was it seen, sought, expected, trusted, and then I added enjoyed just yeah, for good measure.
1: Yeah. Again, I think that was really quite profound. It came up quite a few times in the conference um, and I think is really significant.
0: Hmm. Well, I mean, I wonder if that ties into, um, you know, giving of our time and attention that, uh, you know, it, it, and one of the things I talked about in there, and I like to do the kind of a little prayer exercise, uh, where, you know, going through that quote and taking time to reflect on ways that God can be seen and ways that God can be sought, expected, trusted, and then enjoyed. Um, and, and that's, Really, isn't it just tuning our attention, or giving our time and our attention to all these different ways that God is working in our lives and ways that we can respond? Um, that's been a Indeed. really helpful prayer practice for me to work through that. That quote.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's a wonderful quote, and you led us through that as a prayer practice. And I think it, for many of us, it was really significant.
0: Mm.
1: Oh, that's cool. I really, really appreciated that. And another element, another thing you mentioned was. A story uh, about you and your dad going walking, um, mm. <laughs> and and how he would he would just walk at a certain pace, um, and it was it was a slightly slower pace to yourself. <laughs> but the but the thing about your dad was that he would actually walk that consistently. Yeah, um, yeah. And and he got there probably before you, um, but at his own pace. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's... it was just a beautiful picture of the way we live life. You know that God wants us actually to live at our at our own pace,
0: mm-hmm.
1: rather than someone else's pace. I be talking about that, and just the impact that had on me was also quite profound because I think often we do measure ourselves against others. Mm-hmm. Uh, we look to others and and consider that we need to live at their pace, or our you know formation needs to be at their pace. Mm-hmm. But actually, if we can engage in the spiritual practices at a pace that we can live with, I think was your um, line, mm-hmm. then that's going to be a, a whole lot healthier. Yeah. So I thought that was
0: that's good. Yeah. And you, you find that pace and then keep going, right? That's the, yeah. Yeah. And, and just for people, the context of it is climbing mountains with my dad. I'm going really fast and having to take lots of breaks. He's walking like a child, Crawling, I mean, <laughs> just ridiculously slow, and he knew he looked ridiculous. But he was—I—he I, went just as fast as I did in the long run, or just as far because he had a pace he could live with. He didn't have to stop and keel over. But uh, yeah, it's a helpful. I find it real helpful just to, you know, to think in terms of the long term. Is this, you know, a twenty-year pace? Yeah. You know, is this sustainable? And uh, it fits in so many areas of life, but but particularly in the spiritual life, to just find a practice you can work with and, and yeah. just keep going um, is, and then see what you find through the years as opposed to just, you know, coming all heroic and let's just, you know, really do this practice.
1: Um, that, that's right. And again, I, I, it ties back to even our, the way we approach our retreats ministry. Mm. Some would say that we're our pace is a little slow, you know. Only looking at one discipline a year, um, <laughs> <laughs> but if you can have a long term view of formation and think, well, over the next six to ten years, let's let's take six to ten spiritual disciplines. Mm-hmm. Let's invest in a few days, go on a retreat, and learn about just just one discipline, mm-hmm. um, experience it with others, um, um, practice it, um, come back home, integrate it into. Your daily, weekly, monthly rhythms. Um, experiment with it, and hopefully, some, somehow, it might bed in over the year. Mm-hmm. Um, then let's look at another discipline the next year. It's yes, it is. It's slow, but certainly for me, it's been much more significant because I found that these disciplines have slowly set themselves into the foundation of of my rhythm and my life.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. And I think there's something to be said about taking the disciplines at a much slower pace.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I I don't think that's slow. I think that's just right. I mean, if, I mean, we can ask ourselves, what, what did we get last year? You know, what kind of growth? And if you just, you know, really developed a deep understanding or, you know, growth in solitude or in prayer or study or meditation, I mean, that's a, that's a year well spent. Indeed, I love that statement you made of the lab what it's saying is this isn't real life. It's a, it's a fake environment of sorts, but when you go back to home and work and the daily rhythms that that's where it really gets lived out.
1: Um, Yeah.
0: It's not just about having an experience or a great retreat and then, you know, you go on, but that's your learning practices to integrate into life.
1: Yeah. And the last thing that I'll, I'll mention from our time together was, the, the words begin again remember you mm. you talked to us about uh, I think you were doing a, a recording of your book mm. an audio recording yeah and whenever you made a mistake um, you just needed to say the words begin again and then start again and just that concept of um, no matter what happens um, in our life that you know we're all gonna fail and we're all gonna make mistakes but that just God offers us uh, begin again. I mm. uh, found that really helpful. I think mm. a lot of people in our church found that really helpful. Um, it's, very, um, it's a very gracious way of approaching our life with God, mm. uh, realizing that we can, we can press a button that says begin again and every day <laughs> we get an opportunity to begin again. Yeah. Uh, but then but then even during the day we get multiple times of beginning again <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah and that and that, that begin again is not uh, a, a you know shame moment of oh, I failed kind of it's just truly okay reset take a breath begin again
1: yeah yeah i do you I, still find that being profound for you
0: oh I do and it was i mean the the for for those listening in the background too I was recording the audiobook and every time you make a mistake you have to communicate to them that you made a mistake and then you back up a little and you say, begin again, and then start reading. And I made hundreds of mistakes. <laughs> so I would just take a deep that's breath. My life. <laughs> yeah, That is a, a good mirror. i just take a deep breath. Okay, begin again. And it just became this like mantra that was so uh, soothing of sorts of just, okay, you got this. Just relax. You're starting again. You're going slow, and that's okay and so i yeah i do I say that to myself, okay, begin again, just keep going
1: <laughs> fantastic
0: that's cool i I can't leave without giving mention to one of my big takeaways, and that is a, a rediscovery of the three great divinas
1: <laughs> <laughs> the Aussie divinas
0: the Aussie divinas, yes. And 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 actually it'd be worth talking about at some point because I know Lexio Divina uh, has been extremely impactful for your life and your uh, your da- no I want to hear it tell us your daily practice with that
1: well that's just a a, a daily practice of just spending time in scripture and uh, I can't remember who I got this from but it was a it was a format of doing Lexio. Um, where it looks at four letters: S O A and P. Scripture, yeah, observation, application, and prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's just another form of Lexia. There's lots of ways that you can do lexio. Um and this way just helps us, helps me to uh, focus on the one verse that God might be highlighting as I read a section of scripture. This year, I started the year looking at the Book of Mark. And I'm only up to chapter ten, uh, so it's taken um, a fair bit of time. Just just in um, six, you know, months, six months, 10 just in ten chapters. Uh, a good slow pace. But that's the thing about Lexio; it's, uh, <laughs> it's a matter of just going slow until you find that one that one verse that just pops. Uh, and sometimes I'll only read two verses, and all of a sudden a verse pops, yeah. uh, and I just have a sense that God wants me to really spend some time meditating on that verse. Mm-hmm. And so I'll just meditate on that verse, and I'll I'll, I'll write I'll just write. Um, my observations about the verse. You know, what is it saying? Why did Jesus say this? So why did the disciples think this? Um, and I'll just put the verse into the context of what I'm reading. Um, and then the application, the next section, then moves it into well, what's God saying to me through this? How does this apply to me? Mm-hmm. And I personalise, and that's where um, and it's hardly a, hardly a day when there isn't quite a significant revelation that God gives mm-hmm. me. Um, and then just bring that to prayer. Uh, the last section is just prayer. Then I just write out a prayer. So uh, it's just a very simple way of spending time mm-hmm. uh, with God um, through Scripture.
0: Mm-hmm. Give us the, s, the, the s- Scripture observation.
1: Scripture observation, application, prayer. Prayer. Yep. prayer. So nice. Yeah. Prayer. So just four sections. Yeah. And sometimes sometimes I'll just write a, sen- a couple of sentences on each. It doesn't mm-hmm. have to be a book, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sometimes it can be just dot points. Um, it's just really the process of working with a piece of scripture uh, slowly enough, where you, where you're allowed allowing God to really speak to you um, significantly through through a verse.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's good. And and the other piece is you do this while you're walking on the beach every day, right?
1: That's right. That's right. We try to.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's cheating, you know. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's it's a uh, it's a real blessing to be so close to the beach. It's, uh, <laughs> something something about just being surrounded by natural sounds that is just such a such a gift. Yeah,
0: yeah it is, it is. Okay, so then the other great divina, Kipsio divina,
1: Kipsio divina. I wonder how, how many of your listeners have uh, have heard of Kipsio divina. Well,
0: it's a great ancient practice, very important.
1: <laughs> it dates, it dates back to. Um, you know, before Christ even.
0: Oh, yeah, I'm sure.
1: I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, Very helpful. Very healing.
0: <laughs> okay, so we, we stole this from, from Jan Johnson.
1: It, we, 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 we sort of adjusted it, didn't we? Okay. Um, Jan comes up with uh, Napsio Divina. Uh, so, Jan, if you're listening, you know, we give you all the credit uh, for Napsio Divina. But in Australia, there's another word for, for napping, and it's called kipping. Kipping. Do you have a kip. So most afternoons, um, listeners, um, Nate had a kip. <laughs> <laughs> we act told every uh, afternoon <laughs> while he was in Australia, he had a granny nap, um, <laughs> or, uh, or as we call it, uh, he practiced the spiritual di- discipline of kipsio divina. divina That's actually what you were doing. You're giving you're giving God your time and attention, <laughs> and sleep, <laughs> holy rest, <laughs> holy rest.
0: Well there, there I mean there is much to say about that. To have a nap, I mean as a spiritual practice to kind of lay before God. Here I am, a body with limitations and into your presence, I Kip away. Kip away. So I keep
1: practicing <laughs> Kipsio Divina. <laughs> Kipsio Divina,
0: okay. And then and then my personal favorite, Maxio Divina.
1: Maxio Divina. Uh again, a very important um Australian <laughs> divina. Um and it's really, celebra- it's, it's really a, a, a discipline of celebration. Yes. Um, yes. Um, so do you North Americans use the word mucking around?
0: No. I mean, at least.
1: So mucking around is playing around. It's um, um, carefree, fun, enjoyment. Um, and it's mucked out of just getting out there and just having fun with God, um, <laughs> And uh, we, we did a bit of that didn't we while you we were in Australia. We we did some Maxio Divina through surfing. Yep. A couple of times. We did some Maxio Divina through mountain biking, hiking, kayaking. Kayak,
0: yeah. You'd think I just played when I was there. <laughs>
1: it's, great it's just put. a spiritual practice, right?
0: <laughs> That's right. That's right. Good good Maxio Divina.
1: <laughs> Maxio Divina. Just getting out there and just mucking around, having fun, enjoying life, enjoying God, enjoying each other. Enjoying the gift of health, vitality, great
0: gift. Yep, I love it. Three great divinas. Lexio, (laughs) Kipsio, and Maxio. (laughs) That's good. Hey, thanks, Andrew. So good to to see you again.
1: Great to hang out, mate.
0: Well, there you have it. Thanks again for listening. And if you'd like to learn more about Andrew's work in Australia, his church website is coastcommunity.church coastcommunity.church. Hey, have a great week and uh, I'll see you next Monday.